Can Lego people be used as voodoo dolls? What happens if I drink the liquid from a magic eight ball? All of these questions you can find the answer to on this Paranormal Life! Hello everyone and welcome back to This Paranormal Life, the comedy paranormal podcast where every week we dissect a brand new paranormal tale and come to a conclusion by the end as to whether or not it truly is paranormal. These creatures, these stories, these objects have gone on trial. They have been sentenced by the judge and we're the executioner. We get to decide if we want to flip the switch or not. Yeah, capital punishment still exists in the commune, by the way. Yeah. So if we say so, that chair's becoming electric. Um, you mentioned at the start, we dissect the paranormal. That was where it all began for me personally, Rory. Don't know about you, but it was in science class, which is pretty f***ed up actually looking back. They gave us a frog and said to dissect it with a knife. I uh, never did this. I thought this was something that only happened in American high school TV shows. It actually did happen. And uh, I thought it was going to be gross and messed up, but a love affair began. <laughs> I realized I love dissecting you things. You, you it shouldn't love it. At the very least, you can appreciate the magic of you, the universe and find biology fascinating. No one should love it, and then, taking a frog apart. And then came the lost years, which I'm legally not allowed to talk about <laughs> due to my uh, youth court injunction. Uh, but right. the judge did finally put me on a good path. He said, listen, kid, you're not the first kid to love dissecting stuff, but we want to try and channel that love of dissecting shit into something constructive. Have you thought about the paranormal? Right. And so instead of like cutting up living things and covering my face in their blood, I look into the paranormal and figure out what's true and what's false. The judge said, I'm going to let you off with a warning kit. And you said, I'll take you apart. <laughs> what's inside you, judge? And he's like, never mind. Prison for years. Prison immediately. <laughs> he, he said, do you have anything left to say? And I said, I don't have a judge in my collection yet. <laughs> Uh, it was it was a difficult time for you, but you got past it, which is, you know, why I you're did. here today. And now we get to metaphorically dissect things. Welcome to the podcast, Kit. Welcome everyone who tunes in, whether this is your first time or you're a repeated customer. You are in for a treat this week because on this week's episode, we are investigating one of the most insane cursed objects that I've ever seen before in my life. Rory's familiar with cursed objects. His laundry basket alone is just like a treasure trove of cursed, cursed objects. Uh, but even here on the show, we've looked into uh, Robert the Cursed Doll, cursed diamonds, cursed uh, buildings. Rings. So to say that this is potentially at the top of that list of yeah. the, kind of the FBI's most cursed is saying a lot. We once read a poem on this podcast and allegedly when you hear it, you die. <laughs> That's how insane some of the stuff that we've examined in the past is. And this is no exception. If anything, this one's even wilder. But of course, before we dive into today's podcast, how about a quick word from today's sponsors? Our story today is about a ventriloquist doll that was forged in the most horrific conditions, witnessed horrible events, and now it can do the one thing that these dolls shouldn't be able to do. Move by itself. <laughs> what the f do you mean? Forged in, what do you say, inhuman conditions? Is this a goddamn uh, Urukai orc from Mordor? <laughs> right. Was it forged in the mud? 
Our story today begins way back in 1943, during a little battle known as the Second World War. German forces were marching their way through Europe, and the Allied army were doing whatever they could to fight them off. But today, we're not on the bloody battlefields. We're at Stalag 2B, a German prisoner of war camp. Jesus. I told you this thing was forged (laughs) on the most grisly conditions. (laughs) Okay, okay, yeah, all right. I regret laughing. This is a place where soldiers who were captured during war were kept prisoner, forced to work, and fed meager rations. Soldiers would do whatever they could to take their minds off of their horrible situation. They'd make up plays, musicals, jokes, whatever they could think of. And luckily, one soldier in particular was perfect for the job. Private Billy Booth was a children's entertainer and a puppeteer before the war started. Ah. So he decided to use whatever he could get his hands on to entertain the other men that were being held in captivity. I will say, you know, yeah, not everyone knows that. I guess you just don't really think about it because there was so much going on with the war. But the point was people were drafted from all around the world, every section of society. So yeah. you had all kinds of interesting people turn up uh, in the war. Uh, you know, and even yeah, and people like Jimi Hendrix was was famous. I mean, that was a bit later on, but he he was someone who served, you know, for example. So you could have been serving side by side with someone like that. Um, I will say... That if you are sent to the front lines and you need some uh, some humor, some entertainment, you need your soul to be uplifted in a time of darkness. Yeah. Um, if a guy pipes up and says that he's a children's entertainer, I'm like, set the f*** on. Set the f*** on. <laughs> right, yeah. I was really hoping for like a stand-up comedian. Right. Or, <laughs> but, but if someone... Beautiful singer, but yeah. if someone with a twisty mustache gets up and is like, <laughs> I am a champion shadow puppeter. <laughs> No, you're not. Not here, you're not, chief. (laughs) My name is Phineas Copperpot. (laughs) At your service, boys. Sit the f*** down. I want someone who knows poetry to recite me a solemn tale of battles of the past. Exactly. I don't want a balloon animal. (laughs) That's not what I need right now. I mean, if you're recruiting for an army, maybe a puppeteer is not the worst thing to do. You know, imagine imagine being the enemy and thinking that you've shot one of the enemy soldiers, and then you realize you shot a puppet, brother, and the real man was behind you the whole time. That's the kind of sneaky espionage shit that I can get behind. Private Billy Booth using newspapers soaked in potato starch. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, so, the, so there's no Pinocchio army, just to be very clear. There's no army of wooden boys storming the front line, becoming getting purple hearts or whatever. No, there were no. There was no army of wooden boys that stormed the beaches. Uh, it was the when reality. you say newspapers <laughs> soaked in apple juice. <laughs> there really wasn't that many puppets to go around, so we he kind of had to make do with what he had. As I said, he didn't have a puppet on him personally, so using newspapers soaked in potato starch and a pot of pink gloss smuggled into the camp. He created a puppet known as Mr. Fritz. I'm going to give credit where credit is due. This thing looks pretty good for something that was made out of potatoes and cloth. Stop making excuses and show me the puppet. This is Mr. Fritz. Oh my god. That is terrifying. It's really scary. This is this is the severed head of a man. Yeah, as far as I can tell, 
it is just the head. I don't know if there was a body at some point, but right now, all that remains is just the head of Mr. Fritz. For those of you who are listening at home, let me try and describe this thing to you. Mr. Fritz looks like the severed head of a very sunburnt bald man. He kind of has uh, really rosy cheeks to the point where they look singed by the fires of hell. He has these thick, thick caterpillar eyebrows, and yet his eyes are kind of glazed over like he's really high. And he's seemingly constantly smiling, even though... uh, It's a kind of a grimace, I would say. It looks like his lips can never touch, and there's just a line of very well-defined teeth behind this grin. It's quite a terrifying look. It's like a quintessential like horror movie puppet. Yeah, I I mean, I will say, if you've seen ventriloquist dolls, a lot of them do look like this because of the nature of how the mouth has to move. (laughs) Because of the nature of how f***ed up the people who want to do ventriloquism (laughs) are. They kind of all make them really nasty looking. (laughs) Uh, it's, It's a very interesting doll. I will say, you know, very, I couldn't make that out of potatoes. I can't even make chips out of potatoes. So <laughs> he's doing a pretty good job if he can make a human head. For almost 18 months, Billy Booth and Mr. Fritz entertained the prisoners of Stalag 2B. He was allegedly so good that even some of the German guards found him funny. And that's a pretty tough crowd. So if you're winning them over, you're doing something right. After months of performing, the POW camp was finally liberated on the 28th of January, 1945. Fantastic. Mr. Fritz survived, but unfortunately, like many other soldiers, Billy Booth did not. But as a tribute to Billy and his unwavering passion for entertaining, Mr. Fritz was taken back to the US by fellow prisoners and given to Billy Booth's family. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I know that this is a beautiful and sentimental gift to receive, but it's got to be kind of confusing if you were the family. <laughs> that you're like, did he make, th- what is this? Why are you giving me this head of a thing I've never seen before? You've got to really tell the whole story of what, what this thing is. They're like, well, you know, as you know, you know, on account of being a master ventriloquist, they're like, no, he wasn't. What? What? <laughs> <laughs> he was an accountant. <laughs> what are you talking about? I would lie, you just lie to everyone. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it must have been a strange thing to uh, receive. But they took it in and treated it like it was a special token from Billy himself. And I mean, Kit, you've seen a picture of this thing. Usually when we talk about a cursed or haunted object, it's usually something that either had a tragic backstory or it was made with ill intent, or maybe it just looks a little bit creepy. Mr. Fritz is a grand slam (laughs) made in war by a guy who died in war. He looks like someone gave a human face to the devil. It looks like Billy didn't give him legs because that would make him too powerful. It's really annoying how much you've gone on to justify your uh, ridiculous statements in the beginning that was forged in the pits of darkness it's seen unspeakable things i was like where are we going with this uh but it has it's seen all those things i'm a Um, man of my word you know i don't throw these terms around just for shits and giggles 
This is a real paranormal thing crafted in some of the most horrible conditions man has seen. Well, you know, it's probably about bloody time that we start hanging out uh, on this paranormal life sort of back around um, the Great Wars. Yeah. Because here, sadly, in the world of the paranormal and paranormal investigation, we deal in death and destruction and mayhem because whenever... Uh, terrible things happen that is supposedly when the energies of all those bad things happening kind of seeps into the world and the walls of the places where these things happen and creates poltergeist ghosts um, spirits with business still left uh, unmet on earth uh, and strange things start happening you know when there's kind of sadness and despair and I mean the war was when millions and millions and millions of people died so surely surely we should be uh, able to find some paranormal evidence and all of that awful stuff. Absolutely. I feel like there's so many times we're talking about the paranormal that it takes place around the wars. I mean, we did a whole episode on gremlins that apparently were taking down planes in World War II. Just a few weeks ago, we were talking about the third man syndrome, and there were tons of stories from uh, wars, World War I and II, where people thought they were seeing angels or demons uh, fighting alongside them in the trenches. Obviously, when uh, there was a lot of nuclear activity on Earth, that's when everyone said all the aliens started showing up to try and stop stuff from kicking off. There's a huge amount of paranormal activity that's linked to some of the biggest wars in human history. Or whenever America invaded Afghanistan and they found a stargate. <laughs> and I think the bones of a giant. <laughs> there's, there's a lot going on there. Some stories, sure, more credible than others. <laughs> sure. But everyone has a place on this podcast. Now, Mr. Fritz had made it, at this point, all the way from Poland to America. But his journey was only just beginning. No one knows exactly what happened with Billy's family and Mr. Fritz, but he did not stay with them long. Oh? This little guy was passed around from house to house, being described as, quote, restless. Not a good way to describe something that, by definition, should not be able to move by itself. I am a little confused that he would ever leave the family household because, uh, let's face it, like they said in The Simpsons about Lisa's violin, it's not worth much, but the sentimental value is through the roof. Uh, sure, yeah. What could anyone but Mr. Fritz's direct family want with Mr. Fritz? <laughs> I mean, he's a little collector's item, I guess. <laughs> Is he? I mean, I guess maybe for some kind of like war survivors museum, you know, telling the story of yeah. that. But you're making it sound like this was just people's houses. But there were people that did want to take him in. For example, art collectors, uh, World War II historians, antique collectors, people who just love ventriloquy. Is that the right word to uh, describe that profession? There were homes where he could go to. But not stay long. Not stay long because he's a little troublemaker. And you're about to see why. The puppet eventually ended up in an antiques mall in South Carolina as a vintage World War II collector's item before being purchased by an antiques dealer and flown back to the UK. Maybe it was the anger of being unwanted by his family. Maybe it was the anger of being shoved in the overhead locker of a nine-hour flight. Whatever it was... We're about to see why Billy's family didn't want to keep Mr. Fritz in their home. When he arrived in the UK, he was placed in a glass cabinet right in the middle of the antique collector's showroom. But it wasn't long before he was causing problems. The antique dealer would lock up every night, sealing the glass case, then come back in the morning 
to find Mr. Fritz's display case door wide open. Hmm. This would be strange if it only happened once, but this was happening every night. The dealer did everything he could to find the source of the problem. He tightened the hinges on the cabinet, he tested the lock, he even measured the humidity of the room to see if the case was warping, and even set out rat traps in case it was rodents breaking into the case. This antique dealer even went as far as taping the display case shut. The next morning he returned to find the tape had been rolled back and the case was open once again. The optimism here is absolutely unbelievable. The humidity was not what did it. <laughs> if I come home from holiday and my every window is broken, uh, the front door is smashed in, clearly with a hammer, right. my TV's gone, laptop <laughs> gone, car keys gone, car also gone. I'm not getting out a barometer. Hmm... Well, the pressure, the atmospheric pressure is 15 bar above. It was, it was robbed. I was robbed. And in this case, there is no, I mean, I understand the paranormal. You've got to eliminate all the scientific possibilities. you got to. But there is no amount of water in the atmosphere <laughs> that is causing Mr. Fritz <laughs> to raid the fridge at 3 a.m. Look, I, I just think that this is obviously a man of logic. He's an antiques collector. He is he? He obviously has a huge amount of objects on display of which this has never happened before. So he's eliminating the logical before he reaches the illogical. But this motherfucker is alive. Yeah. I don't know why you would want to open the case of this puppet to begin with. But this is kind of how it always starts with cursed objects. Anyone's we've investigated in this podcast, it's always a doll... And someone takes the doll home and it's on the mantelpiece and then the next morning it's on the floor and then they put it in their bed and then the doll's in the oven. Then the doll picks up a little knife at one point. Then the doll wakes up in bed with you with the little knife. It's a gradual kind of step into full-on insanity. Yeah. And unfortunately, today is no different. Eventually, it wasn't just the door opening and closing. Mr. Fritz was opening his eyes, moving his mouth, which he's made of newspapers. <laughs> he doesn't have eyes. How can they open? And his whole face was moving so much. The antique dealer thought that a mouse had made a nest in his head and was controlling him like it was fucking Ratatouille. <laughs> Mr. Fritz's nose started bleeding, which, because he was made of the Financial Times, uh, was worrying. One morning, Mr. Fritz cooked a whole pot of spaghetti. <laughs> We're pretty sure there's a rat in his head <laughs> teaching him how to cook. <laughs> this is getting very strange. It got so bad that eventually the antiques dealer had to remove Mr. Fritz from the showroom entirely and lock him in his garden shed, where he made his children promise that they would never go near it. Which is a pretty wild conversation to have to have with your kids. Usually it's like, hey, don't eat junk food. Don't watch too much TV before bed. Not, don't go near daddy's decapitated World War II ventriloquist doll head. Well, you're showing your privilege, Rory. That was actually taught to me at a very young age. But that was sure. a big one for you? Absolutely. And I'm assuming you tried to dissect the head <laughs> based on the stories of your childhood we got from the start. You know, most of my extended family were pretty normal. But one of my uncles had a whip and a hat. And I kind of open collar shirt. So he was an adventurer. <laughs> he was very much an adventurer. 
And it was he would have like these like fun dinner parties, but he would just weirdly have like just like a it's like a covenant. Okay, so you know, like was... you know when your un- uncle has like a covenant in the living room, and you're just no. like, what's in the covenant? You no, know, no. And, that was he, never anything that happened in any normal like childhood junior, ever. <laughs> he called you Junior? Yeah, he did. did he? Okay. So your dad was was Sean Connery My uncle. from The Last Crusade. Sorry, your uncle? No, one's, I don't know. I haven't seen those movies. I wouldn't know. I'm trying to think of what's the weirdest or most dangerous thing that my dad had when I was growing up okay. that I wasn't allowed to go anywhere near. I think my dad had a, a pen knife that we all thought was really cool. It was like one of those ones that didn't have that many tools on it. No, I think about it, it was just a knife. Yeah. <laughs> he had a knife uh, that we all thought was really cool. And uh, me and my brother used to sneak into his office to look at it. Because when you're young, you know, dangerous things really excite you. And I remember one night <laughs> being in bed after a day of looking at the knife <laughs> in secret. One so night, tired after all day looking at the knife. One night being in bed and my brother and I used to sleep in bunk beds. I was the top bunk and he was the bottom bunk. And I'm just just about to drift off to sleep for a night of, uh, you know, beautiful rest. And I just hear, Rah! coming from the bottom, <laughs> the bottom bunk bed. And I start freaking out, turn on the lights. And my brother looks like he's been attacked in his bed. Turns out he stole the knife. <laughs> he stole the <laughs> knife and brought it, brought it into bed with him so he could look at it in the dark. <laughs> Uh, and ended up like slicing his finger in half. Sure, it was crazy, and he was like panicking, running around like like a injured deer, spraying blood all over the walls. It was it was uh, it was a hard lesson that we learned that day. Uh, I mean, now that I've got a kid myself, um, they are kind of amazing. They have like you know the way like birds from can fly from africa to britain and find their way home yes you know just using their brain magnets mm-hmm. um my daughter can find a high-powered electrical outlet in any, <laughs> it was entering any room within 10 seconds they're amazing they're amazing at finding dangerous things they, they're like very weirdly attracted to anything dangerous right it's like they don't want to be alive they just want to challenge you at every point to see what they can get away with yeah i heard someone say that one time it's like i know you know, I knew when I had kids that like whatever, I'd have to keep them safe. I didn't know they'd be actively trying to end their own lives. Right. <laughs> every minute of every They're day. They're like Mr. Magoo. They're like <laughs> walking downstairs. You have to kind of jump up and save them. Then they like walk into the oven. You're like, oh my God. That's why when I have a kid, I'm just going to fill my house with so much dangerous shit. Because then when there's so much of it everywhere... The kid's going to get bored, you know? Yeah, the government's going to take away your kids. <laughs> they could try, brother. <laughs> they they got to go through this knife to get to them. Let's see them get through my death trap of a house. <laughs> my house is basically from fucking home alone. The police come and try and take my kids. They're going to be standing on crushed up Christmas ornaments and getting paint canned to the face. Even with Mr. Fritz locked away in the garden shed, it wasn't enough. Before long, his children ran into his study, claiming that they'd heard, quote, something laughing and crying inside the garden shed. He's making noise now. He's learning to talk. I still don't understand why he has him. If you are an antiques dealer, yeah, he's in this to make money. No one's going to buy this shit. People, sometimes people just like cool, creepy stuff. 
But if you have, you might have a cool little used Herman Miller armchair uh, sure. worth a few coins. If it starts laughing and crying, <laughs> you got to cut your losses, buddy. Yeah, what joy are you getting out of the thing, the collector's item, if it's so f***ed up, you have to lock it in a shed and ban anyone from even looking at yeah, it? They can't even see it. <laughs> like, you know, some, okay, someday in a year's time, someone uh, buys it for £30. And you're like, brilliant. Turned a profit of £23.50 and it burned down my house. <laughs> so... Yeah, I now have no family. I made fifteen pounds, and now my children don't talk to me anymore, <laughs> yeah. because when they look at me, they see Mister Fritz. They see the head, and they hear the laughter. Well, this head starting to talk was the final straw. Mister Fritz had to go, so he was immediately given away for free to a man named Michael Diamond, who had a traveling exhibition of oddities. This is the kind of guy that you want to take on, Mister Fritz, a freak. He basically has a collection of insane shit and he's traveling around nonstop. So the odds are he's going to go far away from you. So Michael Diamond put Mr. Fritz on display in his home collection, which he calls his freak room. (laughs) Called it. He also shoved it back in a glass display case that for some reason he decided to label with a bunch of swastikas at the bottom. (laughs) Jesus. Yeah, I, I really don't understand this. Maybe that's like kind of a reference of the symbolism of the war and where it came from. Yeah. But there is surely no quicker way to antagonize Mr. Fritz than to be shoved back into a case with a bunch of swastikas at the bottom of it. Of course, within days, this puppet was not only opening the case, but blinking, moving its mouth, becoming fully animated all by itself. It got so bad that one morning, When he came into the room, the entire huge glass case had moved six inches across the table. In the end, Michael had to tie Mr. Fritz inside the case with chains just to keep him in place. And look, Kit, I know we've had a lot of stories of cursed dolls in the past on this podcast that have done a lot more than this at this point in the story. They've even attacked people in their sleep. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm pretty sure we had one recently that was standing over someone while they were sleeping. Right, but... The problem with those stories is a lot of the time they don't have anything to back them up. They're pretty unbelievable. The real reason why this case today of Mr. Fritz is so important is because we have the evidence. We do? I mean, we we basically said that Mr. Fritz was doing this shit every night. This wasn't rare. This was a nightly occurrence. Right. So knowing that people wouldn't believe him without physical evidence... Michael set up a night vision camera to film the doll. What year is this? I don't know. Must be pretty recent then. I think it is. I mean, some of this footage just came out a few years ago. Or at least was made public. (laughs) Mr. Fritz is on Twitch! (laughs) Uh, Kit, I have that video right here. And I want to warn you that this is some of the craziest paranormal evidence I've ever seen in my entire life. I'll be the judge of that. And we're going to watch that video right after a quick word from today's sponsors. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Kit, when we bottle up our emotions, it can start to affect us negatively. Sometimes it's important that we get stuff off our chest. Tell me about it. I found a UFO in the forest and now... This thing is attached to my chest. Jesus, that's an alien. Mm -hmm. All right, I was speaking metaphorically about dealing with emotions and talking about our feelings by using services like BetterHelp. I don't need to talk about my feelings. This thing can read my mind. Therapy can be a great way to set boundaries and become the best version of yourself. With BetterHelp, you can get matched with a licensed therapist that suits your needs. It's online, convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. We're saying they can get things off my chest, like uh, Zonktar here. Don't give it a name. Maybe me and Zonktar can sign up for BetterHelp together. Give it a shot, and whatever it is, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Paranormal Life today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Paranormal Life. All right, welcome back, everyone. As I said... Michael set up a night vision camera to film the doll and catch this paranormal activity on camera. The video that you are about to see right now, Kit, is some of the craziest paranormal evidence I've ever seen in my entire life. Alright, so we have a video here. It looks like it was taken with some sort of night vision camera. Mr. Fritz is inside the glass case by himself. Keep your eyes on the case. All right, Kit just witnessed the first event recorded one night. Okay, want to explain to people okay, what Mr. you saw? Fritz, I see, I see you're, how you're playing this. The door swung open. The door to the case, the glass case with a little tiny handle on it, uh, it swung open. By itself. Very suddenly. Untouched. In a really weird way as well. The movement is like quite strange and off-putting. Was it weird and off-putting? It feels like it just opened. I don't know. I don't know, man. Look, I've examined this first instance a lot. And let me tell you, let me tell you, look at this motherfucker. You can even see the uh, reflection of the glass as it moves on the wall just to the side of it. This doesn't look like trickery at all. The fact it's filmed in a night vision camera means you can even see like kind of dusty orbs floating around the screen. I've run this back like probably nine or ten times. I can't really see any fakery. Also, you said you didn't know when this was. There's a massive date on the video here, which says 2019. Well, that's when it was then, Einstein. <laughs> Sorry, I was so overwhelmed by the paranormal evidence that time itself doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, I can see blood on your computer keyboard. Your your nose obviously started bleeding. You were so blown away. <laughs> Look, when you get when you get when 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 listen here, Slow little, down. no, no, I'll speed up. I'll speed up if anything, son of a bitch. When you get brought up onto an alien craft and have a rod of nuclear goo, put up your shiter. Yeah. And then you're thrown back on Earth like a fish out of water. Do you think I'm going to remember what fucking day it was? I don't you even should. remember what year it was. You should, because the first thing you're going to have to do is call the police and tell them what happened. So when I see a puppet 
Move glass with its mind. We don't know that's what happened. I don't even know what planet I'm on anymore. <laughs> you should. Okay? So actually, also, watch when it. you get dropped back down to Earth from a spacecraft, you're not a fish out of water. You're just you're just you, but a human back on Earth. I don't know what they did to me up there, man. I feel like sometimes I belong on the craft more than I belong down here. So this happened to you. You know, it did actually, and that's why I don't remember a lot of things in my real life. Like, for example, the year that Mister Fritz opened a case with his mind. I think there might be a string attached to the door handle. Well, Kit. Then how are you going to explain this next event? This is uh, next night. Uh, the next night. Interestingly, yeah, all- if, we, if we have to specify, because <laughs> Kit is so obsessed it with time. Kind of he's he's like a fucking grandfather clock. He's just obs- he can't even <laughs> he can't even think about anything else other than time. Uh, hey, I think I think this is why we make a good team it's because you're focused maybe on the details. I'm, I actually I'm don't just care coming about in the with some fresh. I'm just coming <laughs> in with some fresh eyes and just seeing some stuff that you didn't. You know, namely, when it happened. Uh, I think it's time you sh- you stop. Okay. And you just watch. I will just point out that it was the next night. Uh, and it was, interestingly, both of these things happening very close to the paranormal hour. I think the first one it said about 3.30 in the morning. This one looks to be 3.36. Really? Is that is that relative time? The paranormal hour? Is that something that I should be aware of? It seems, we've talked about it on many episodes. It seems mm. kind of relevant, yeah. Well, I just said how much I don't care about time or years or... Yeah, he's planets quite a lot at one time, point. Yeah. So it seems like okay. Well, if that if that makes you believe, which things, is fine, because you said you I, you think you belong more on their planet now. I said something. a lot of things. I said a lot of things. But if if you think the time, you said they put actually, nuclear goo up your ass. <laughs> a rod. It was a rod containing goo, much like a glow stick or a frub, which is of course yogurt in a tube. I'm glad, yeah, because not everyone will know what a frub is. So if I could direct your attention right here to the uh, the time kit, I think you'll find it's actually pretty close to the paranormal hour. I already said that. Yeah, but we're going to cut that shit. So I, <laughs> I say it and I sound like I know what I'm saying. This was night number two. <laughs> your voice is completely changed. <laughs> this is night number two, motherfucker. Watch up. And get ready, actually. <laughs> get ready up. to Get ready to wipe that smile off your face. Okay. Because when I saw this, I was shitting goo for days. <laughs> yeah, that was the abduction. <laughs> that was the abduction. I was so scared. I was shitting goo for days, man. You're not, you're not gonna believe this. This is night number two. You're the paranormal hour. Did you see that? The door opened again. Watch the face. Whoa! Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. I'm crying. It's genuinely actually kind of freaky. Actually crying. I forgot how actually <gasps> fucking hell. Dude, it's genuine it genuinely kind of freaks me out. I forgot. Joking. <gasps> I don't love this. I don't love what's happening. It make it, it, it makes you uncomfortable, right? Yeah, because he looks it looks like a goddamn beheading victim. It, it looks so realistic and awful. This is where it gets really crazy. In this video, they replay the footage in slow motion, kind of zoomed in so you can really see. Because basically, for those listening at home, the door swung open again. This time, the mouth starts moving, the eyes start fluttering. There's big moments that you notice when you're watching it. But if you'll see on this replay, there's a ton of little movements that are so weird and creepy. And... They're being done so naturally that you can actually see the strings underneath the puppet's head being pulled 
by themselves. So there are strings? There, of course there are strings! But they're part of the, me the mechanics of the beast! I mean, what do you want to say, guys? We always, when we talk about cursed dolls on this podcast, we love telling these crazy stories, but we always come up against the same problem. There's no video evidence. No one ever captured it on camera. Today with Mr. Fritz, what do you want? We caught the son of a bitch red-handed. <laughs> I will point out, actually, that um, the first movement happens while the case is still closed, uh, which is slightly interesting because, yeah. you know, I'm not saying it is, but it, were it to be a hoax, if you were a skeptic coming in here, you might be saying, well, that would be interesting if the door opened and then the strings were getting pulled. Yeah. Maybe it's it's a hoax, but um, that is interesting. The, the case stays shut. And I'll say I'm not an expert on this, but as someone who, one, has lot, done a lot of uh, VFX work in their lifetime, and two, has seen a lot of hoax paranormal evidence before on this podcast, this is entering towards more of the realms of believability uh, in terms of evidence that we've seen on this podcast. Sometimes it's very easy to spot how it could have been achieved or how the hoax was done. This, I'm a little stumped. Partially because I don't really fully understand how those dolls' heads do work and move. But, folks, if you watch this video, you're going to get some goosebumps on your arms. This thing is very strange. Very, very strange. And the fact they managed to capture it on video is the exact kind of paranormal evidence that we always want on this podcast. Now, as I said, we've covered a few different haunted dolls here on TPL. They seem to be a relatively common object to become possessed. And in fact, there was a similar case to this just a few hundred miles away in Scotland. A man named Gregor Stewart bought a doll from a dealer in California who, quote, wanted to sell it to someone as far away from him as possible. Okay. This person selling the doll even came all the way from America to hand deliver it to make sure the doll couldn't be returned. Just like Mr. Fritz, it wasn't long before this thing became fully animated by itself. The owners even went as far as getting a spirit box so that they could talk to the doll. When they questioned it, it said it was angry that nobody knew his name, and he told them to call him Uncle Herb. <laughs> <laughs> According to the family, he's allegedly much happier now that people know his name and he can communicate. Jesus, man. Uh, so are these paranormal enthusiasts and par paranormal believers that buy these things? Maybe that is the audience for some of these cursed dolls. I mean, you already have the one side of people who are collectors of World War II antiques. Usually then it becomes a little bit too much for them and they have to sell it to people like Michael Diamond who have something called a freak room. Those are the people who need to deal with these objects. Well, either way, what we need people to can understand is that <laughs> paranormal artifacts are for life not just for christmas yeah you know everyone knows if you buy a kitten if you buy a doggy if you buy a puppy you can't just have them for christmas day and boxing day and then tie them up in a bag and send them to see mr waters it right. ain't right uh, yeah and the same goes for uncle herb <laughs> do, you, do you think that these paranormal entities like being passed from pillar to post? They're stuck in a doll. Right, right, right. Their life is shit as it is. 
So we need to really take care of them. We've been campaigning for a long time to get kind of more rights and protect. We actually don't give a shit about animals. We think they've kind of got it pretty sweet as it is. We think we need more protections for paranormal creatures, entities, uh, that if they do get bought for, you know, look, we all get it. Ventriloquist dummies, cursed dolls, cursed monkey hands. They make great romantic Valentine's Day gifts, anniversary gifts. Yeah. What hot date wouldn't like to receive Uncle Herb? Right. But that A little buddy? That doesn't mean that you can just treat them like like trash and yeah. throw them around and get 100%. rid of them. 100%. That's why we say, if you do ever want to get rid of a cursed object, call me and Kit. Yeah. That's kind of our side hustle. We, we kind of turn up. We're like pest control for paranormal objects. We know the best way to dispose of these objects. We have incinerators. We have holy water. We're able to get rid of these things so you don't have to. We'll also get rid of whatever you say is a cursed object. You know, mm. dirty shovels, tax returns, papers that could incriminate you in a court of law. No. Whatever you nah, say, nah, 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 wink, nah, 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 is paranormal. Nah. Wink, wink. We got you, bud. Your enemies, what for are you example. Winking for? Yeah. No. If you say your enemy is actually a little spooky, I think maybe he's gone. We should stop no questions advertising asked. the same thing. Because I my service yeah. I'm providing very linear, very straightforward, one thing. That's what if I'm you've saying. Got a We're saying the same bug, thing. Paranormal creature, paranormal book. Thing. Paranormal I'll take it and I'll honestly just most of the time put it in a bin bag and then take it to the skip. But what you're talking about paranormal boss that won't uh, treat you with respect. No, because that's <laughs> insinuating murder. No, incinerating. No. Oh, no, you said. Sorry, you said insinuating yeah, you on purpose. Said it, you said incinerating. No one said, I said insi- No one said fire, all right? No one said the word fire, all right? Stop and looking at the see, You might be seeing yeah. fire if you keep, uh, if you keep re- revealing some of the secrets of the organization. So you're looking like a paranormal object to me these days, buddy. That's all I'm going to okay. say. That's all I'm going to say. I can run the business by myself. Can you imagine being the family that uh, when you go to school, your kids are like, yeah, we have a uncle, Unky Herb is visiting for summer this year. And they're like, oh, that's nice. Is it, is it on your dad's side? Yeah, dad got him. Dad got him. Oh, cool. What, what does Unky Herb do? Unky Herb is two foot three. He <laughs> was made during the Vietnam War. <laughs> and sometimes he bleeds from his eyes. <laughs> Unky Herb is two foot three, 13 pounds, <laughs> soaking wet. So heavy, yeah. <laughs> it's like weird to tell me your uncle's weight. <laughs> sometimes he's in my room, sometimes he's in my dreams. He kind of does what he wants. Unky Herb's here for life. Yeah, he's not a blood relative. Well, he, he's very bloody, <laughs> but he's not a blood relative. More of a family friend who we can't get rid of, put it that way. He is related to blood <laughs> in such a way. He was born through blood, yes, <laughs> but not related by blood to us. <laughs> now, I know, Kit, you had concerns at the start of this podcast. Hey, this doll sounds insane. Why would people ever want it, and why would people not get rid of it immediately? Well, I've got a clip from another instance, another case involving someone with a cursed or possessed doll. And hopefully this will show you the strange kind of relationship that people have with these dolls and why they can't just get rid of them. Check out this clip from a man who owned a haunted doll while living in Australia. How spooky have you found having possession of this doll? Very spooky. Just lots of funny things have happened. Um, 
things falling off walls, people being afraid, um, people just not wanting to come into the house where he is or in the room or anything like that. Yeah, it's just very, very spooky doll. You have brought the doll. It's I haven't seen this yet. And I, <laughs> I didn't notice. <laughs> the doll's under a sheet in the chair, the chair beside him. Would you like to show us your doll? He's <laughs> mm. <laughs> not too attractive. <laughs> okay, pause. Pause right there, pause. You can pause just it. hear the audience say, oh. <laughs> <laughs> what the uh, f is uh, that? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, like, the sound in the audience was as if someone had slapped a child. It was like, right. oh, no. This is like someone put a wig of human hair on Mr. Fritz. <laughs> like, it has the same... It, it has an evil face. It, it has an evil face by definition. And it's like a little man, isn't it? But he's got like, he's got like a long, it's like braided, like <laughs> ponytail style hair. But he's like, we're, we're not saying that this is, we're being biased here and we think he looks evil. His eyebrows are slanting down and he's squinting. <laughs> right. Like, like he's just witnessing someone discover the body of a man he killed. <laughs> What have you found out about this doll? How old is it and where was it made? It's about 200 years old and it was supposed to be made in Eastern Europe. What? And they actually uh, dated him by these nails in the bottom of his feet here, you see. Why is he sort of so evil? What weird things have happened? Well, we had him at a supermarket. We were doing a show at a supermarket and there was one lady that uh, was coming through the supermarket. She mm. didn't see the doll or anything. And she just said something was very, very evil, and she, she actually screamed and passed out, and they took her off to hospital. <laughs> strange things like that. Uh, one medium we took it, uh, took him to, um, said that uh, she'd done a few things with him over the years, and she actually uh, rang me up the other day and said, "I don't want no more to do with the doll because um, I'm having lots of bad luck, and I feel it's the vibes are coming from the doll." Why don't you get just get rid of the doll? You found it in the base of a house 25 years ago. Why don't you just get rid of it? I can't. <laughs> Why? It's just, oh, I've tried to get rid of it before. I, when we we're buying our it's first home, I needed some money in a hurry, and I decided to sell him. And uh, I'd advertised him, and I took him to the place. A lady had rung me and wanted to buy it, and I tried to uh, take him out of the car, but I just—I I don't know—I just couldn't take him out. It was—it was really weird. <laughs> I like—I like that. Like almost instantly, she was like, "Cool, cool, cool." Two hundred years old, uh, from Eastern Europe. Why is he so evil? <laughs> yeah, like let's just get this out of the way. Like they still made nice dolls two hundred years ago. That's not an excuse as to why this thing looks like it just ate a lemon. It just feels like in the kind of normal beats of how TV interviews go. Like she really skipped to a few steps. Like right. it's like, oh, so what kind of crazy things would be happening? It's like, why, why can he see through my soul and into hell? What's going on? I just, I also love how quickly he responds to that question. Whereas she's like. <laughs> Why don't you just give it away? I can't. <laughs> He's obviously answered that so many times. He's like, you don't understand. I literally cannot give it away. It's so weird. But I, I, I just love that because we, we come up against this question all the time on this podcast. Why don't these people just give this shit away? If it's haunting them, if it's like messing with their families and their lives for years, 
Maybe it is this crazy psychological thing where even when they arrange a buyer and bring it to the point of exchange, they just can't give it away for some paranormal reason. I mean, maybe ironically, we're coming back to a bit of a Lord of the Rings reference, you know, just like Mr. Fritz was born out of the mud, like the orcs. Uh, maybe like the 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 one ring to rule them all in Lord of the Rings, maybe this guy is like Frodo when he's got that thing on his finger and he's and he's trying to get rid of it. He can't bring himself to because it has a power over him. It's yes. not just psychological or emotional. Yes, it's you know, uh, like like uh, uh, cigarettes. You <laughs> right. you can know that they're bad for you. And still want a cigarette very badly. It's got its hooks in you. Yeah. And now we know how cigarettes work in theory. One, they're cool. Two, they're badass. Sure. Three, they contain the addictive uh, drug nicotine. Four, they're very cool. Really, really cool Five, stuff. girls think you look hotter if you're smoking one. True. Uh, six, they when you're wearing a leather jacket and sunglasses, you have a uh, cigarette in your mouth. Ten out of ten. Super cool. Uh, uh, what are we on now? Eight. They make your life shorter. That's pretty great. Nine. Yeah, fast die young. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Nine. Did we say just how goddamn cool you look smoking a cigarette? I could go for a smoke right now. It's insanely cool. So I'm not saying that you look like a badass that all the ladies want while you're rocking Mr. Fritz, <laughs> the World War II <laughs> ventriloquist doll. But he will shorten your life. <laughs> That's the thing they do have in common. But, but like Mr. Fritz himself is going to turn some heads. <laughs> you know? No strings attached if you catch my drift, brother. I mean, <laughs> I mean, we heard the noise that the audience made when they saw that little son of a bitch. It in was the a studio. swoon. That is uh, it was a swoon. You can really hear that was... everywhere you go if you own Mr. Fritz. You know, people say that uh, peacocking is a real thing, you know? That uh, the opposite sex will immediately have their attention grabbed by someone who stands out from the crowd. What better way to stand out than to have a smaller man on your shoulder you control with your hands? <laughs> <laughs> what like better a wingman? A little wooden wingman. <laughs> because that's how it works. You can't have your wingman yeah. be better looking than you, ch more charming than you, cooler than you. Yes, you need bigger a, than you. Need you. A you need a little <laughs> goblin. Yeah, so so you can like, uh, you know, use the puppet to like tap someone on the shoulder and say like, my friend controlling me thinks you're cute. You know, something like that, you know. <laughs> or, you know, if you, the other ventriloquist type uh, chat up lines, you know, like, um, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but this guy's putting words in my mouth and he says you're a 10 out of 10 or something like that. I'm not saying that wouldn't work, but like you could... Also, just like be yourself. How'd you like a hand inside you? Oh, <laughs> so, whoa. That might be a bit much. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my <laughs> God. Yeah. Don't be yourself, actually. Just stay at home. This don't dude's pretty anyone. controlling. I mean, look at me. <laughs> Something like, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm not hitting the right vibe here. You're very much not. It's extremely threatening. Um, something a little bit more lighthearted. You know, uh, right? Yeah, we, we, right. We, we can, yeah, we can. We'll we can get something that'll work. Like, um, wow, this guy really knows how to pull in some heartstrings. Oh, that's good. I really right? like that. Like, it's a little bit like it's a little bit of a pun or something. Yeah, or maybe something like, "How about a threesome with a little man?" <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, all right. 
<laughs> that is absolutely enough. Yeah, just something like that, you know, where it's like the puppet can be as involved or uninvolved as you want. Uh, I think it's I think it's an option. <laughs> how, how about a threesome with Unky Herb? <laughs> <laughs> Imagine trying to pick someone up and calling yourself Unk. Because <laughs> <laughs> if that makes you sound sexy. It's like, yeah, I'm a pretty sexy guy. My brother actually has kids. It's a pretty sexy thing about me specifically. It's like, you don't have the confidence to call yourself daddy or zaddy. You call yourself Unky. <laughs> you can call me uncle. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'd say the most defining characteristic about me is that uh, my siblings have children. I've achieved very little. And sometimes <laughs> I get them a gift card for their birthday, so I'm pretty generous. Um, that takes us to the end of our podcast. Uh, I wouldn't recommend trying to use a, a doll or any kind of paranormal peacocking to get the attention of the opposite sex. But uh, if you do try it, let us know. I want to know how it goes down. Maybe some people would be really into it. Uh, but Kit, we're not here to talk about Unky Herb. We're not here to talk about this terrifying Australian doll that appeared on the chat show. We're here to talk about Mr. Fritz. The case of a doll crafted in war and through the act of being given away and kept in a box over years, he has become a strange little creepy paranormal object that can seemingly come to life at night by his own free will. What are your thoughts today? Show me the YouTube comments. You showed me the YouTube video earlier and apparently it shows the most unbelievable evidence ever known to man. I want to see what the comments say. Dude, I would love to, but as you can see, the comments are turned off. God damn it! We got nothing to go by. Sometimes that's what you want is you need uh, the paranormal hive mind, all the freaks at home at 2 a.m. Yeah. You know, uh, staying up late, watching paranormal evidence on YouTube. When those guys all work together, we've seen it on Reddit before. We saw it, let's say, with the UFO episodes. There were guys on Reddit pouring over the uh, the video evidence and trying to figure out what was going on. I want to know what the internet community thinks of this one. Yeah. Uh, you know, for full context, one of the reasons why I came across this is because... This video, uh, while the original was uploaded, I think like three years ago or something, it has since been clipped out, went viral, I think, on TikTok and Facebook and a few other places. So it's been talked about very recently, and a lot of people for the first time are discovering Mr. Fritz. The YouTube video does link to a blog post that talks about the whole history and embeds the video. There are comments on that blog post, to okay. be fair. Weirdly, a lot of people are talking about a certain point in the video that I didn't notice, where allegedly you can hear the doll saying, help me, help me. Oh, Jesus. Uh, like, quite a few people mentioning the words, help me, and other things being whispered uh, by the doll. That's not good. Yeah. Really terrifying. Someone else just seen this on TV. I've been a psychic for 30 years. What I heard was the doll saying, help me. That's not Good. Um, that makes it seem like Mr. Fritz is alive. And I know we know he's moving, but that, you know, that we don't know exactly what that means, but it, now it sounds like someone is trapped. Yeah, yeah, we never really considered that, that maybe he's, a, he's scared and freaking out that there's some kind of spirit, maybe even the spirit of Billy himself trapped inside the very doll that he created. I mean, 
this episode, all we can do is go by the video footage that we saw and say what we think. Annoyingly, despite this video clip, there really isn't a lot of other footage or testimonies that prove that Mr. Fritz can do anything else uh, or has done anything else. So I don't know. I guess our conclusion today is whether or not we think that video is enough to undeniably say that this thing is verified paranormal. Well, we've obviously got a pretty tantalizing bit of video evidence on our hands. My only problem with it, and Rory, uh, get ready to defend it. This video was made by the one person who, having Mr. Fritz in their care, is actively making money from Mr. Fritz. Yes. Making it part of a traveling freak show or whatever it is you said. And they are the first person to advertise Mr. Fritz using video. Is it possible we are looking, as I insinuated earlier, at a hoax? you got to be skeptical of a guy who has a freak room. <laughs> you just do. Uh, you're right. It's in his best interest to have convincing video footage of Mr. Fritz being animated. This isn't CCTV camera footage from a war museum that have no reason to promote the idea that this doll can move by itself. Yes, yes. In some kind of perfect world, this would be in uh, yeah, a regular museum and then a, a punter at the museum would have filmed this and just caught it on camera. Exactly. While they were taking a photo of their grandma in front of the uh, doll. But instead, we've got someone here in a completely closed environment that they could be taking this on whatever terms they want with whatever setup they want. Yeah. Um. And potentially, it's possible they could have created the situation. Yeah. That this, you know, I, I suppose to get specific here, what what am I saying? I guess it's, you know, the doll has, as you say, strings that you can pull and that, that will make it move. So you you would they would have had to have created some kind of like fake box with, <laughs> with you know, room to pull the strings from beneath. Yeah, when you word it like that, a hoax seems very likely. <laughs> if, if the very object itself has strings attached to move the face. It's not w beyond the realms of possibility. They had other strings to pull to make the face move. Right, this isn't this isn't <laughs> Robert the doll caught on camera doing parkour across the shop front. <laughs> Something which he really, right. really can't do unless he becomes animated. Yeah. Uh, this can be achieved with, <laughs> put it this way, I've seen David Blaine do tricks that make me doubt whether Jesus actually performed miracles. <laughs> Uh, right, yeah. So moving a ventriloquist doll kind of with a grainy night vision camera, it's very possible. Yeah. The evidence is it doing exactly what a doll can do just without a human doing it. Yeah. Uh, this isn't something unbelievable. It's the, vo it's the doll's mouth moving. The mouth that was designed to be moved when you pull a string. Uh, I'm the same as you, Kit. I think, uh, I think this, this footage is very cool, very convincing. But there's, it's too unreliable. It comes from a source that wants the doll to have this kind of paranormal reputation. And uh, because of that, and because of the lack of evidence in every other aspect of this story, I think, unfortunately, Mr. Fritz is going to be a no from me this week. God damn it. It's a no. It's a no. A double no this week on the podcast. But hey, what a great story. I had a lot of fun looking into this one. I'll be honest. As soon as I saw that video... I knew we were going <laughs> to cover it on the races. podcast. Because uh, we don't get a lot of cases that have videos like that. Usually this is what we're missing at the end of a case. But unfortunately, it still wasn't enough this week to push it over into the territory of a double yes. 
This is the problem with the paranormal, Rory. Lots of bad actors, lots of shills, you know, sitting around trying to devise ways of making money off the paranormal. Yeah. You know, talking about the paranormal, making content about the paranormal. Having a Patreon to support their podcast about the paranormal. It disgusts me that they try to make money out of something as pure and beautiful and innocent as the paranormal. What's next? You're gonna you're gonna make money from water. It's a bad example. There's a lot of companies yeah. that sell bottles of water, um, but w- other human necessities. Like it would be like taking like something as pure as food and like charging. Well, actually, that's that's a restaurant. Yeah, yeah, paying money for sustenance. Uh, just just a roof over your head. That's a house. That's an apartment. Yeah, that's yeah. that's actually it's one really of the big expensive. ones that people have kind of monetized and. Oh, but the paranormal is purer than all of those things. The paranormal needs to be defended. Its honor needs to be defended. I didn't get 800 milliliters of nuclear goo injected into my butthole for someone to make money off. (laughs) So you said before that it was a rod (laughs) that shot goo, but it's actually just... It was like an injection. It was just the goo. The goo was inside the rod. And then when the button was pushed... How do you know it's 800 milliliters? Trust me, brother. I know when 800 milliliters of a liquid is going inside me. I won't tell you how and I won't tell you why, but if you've been investigating the paranormal for long enough, you actually get a little sixth sense for that sort of shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Above 150 mil, you feel every extra mil, brother. <laughs> I know it was 800 milliliters because that was the eighth time they brought me up there. <laughs> every time they're taking me one step further. And I'm about to break. And I know a milliliter sounds small, but it doesn't feel small. <laughs> uh, thank you for listening to this week's episode of This Paranormal Life. Life. Always a joy to do a cursed doll one. And this one was so unique and fun and special. I really wanted to cover it on the podcast. I hope you guys really enjoyed this week's episode. And I hope that you will tune in next week for another paranormal tale. If you enjoyed this week's podcast or any podcast, then we have some exciting news that you may have missed. This Paranormal Life is going on its first ever world tour. We are going all across America and over to the UK. We announced tickets going live just a few weeks ago, and they have been flying. Shows in Manchester and Chicago have almost sold out already. So if you're a fan of the show and you want to come see us live, Don't wait to pick up your tickets because you don't want to be disappointed. Go pick them up now. We've been planning this live show for a while now. We can guarantee it's going to be an absolute blast. Thisparanormallife.com forward slash tour. If you want to know what you're getting into, uh, maybe you've seen live podcasts before, maybe you haven't. This is three hours of night vision photography pointed at Rory (laughs) as he sleeps. And we're going to see what happens. happens. Do do his eyes move? Does, Does he say help? help and again chicago manchester you've got to move quick that is guaranteed to sell out um we're recording this in advance too so god knows if that's happened already um and low ticket warning on all the others too they're they're really moving along so so grab your tickets now grab them we're gonna be at los angeles san francisco chicago new york somerville belfast manchester glasgow and finally our homecoming show back in london Pick up your tickets now, thisparanormallife.com forward slash tour. And of course, we have our Patreon. 
patreon.com forward slash this paranormal life where you can get a ton of amazing rewards, bonus episodes, merchandise, and your very own shout out at the end of the podcast, which is what we're going to do right now. Thank you very much to Jacinta Rogers. Jacinta Rogers played for the Dodgers. Um, Jacinta actually holds the record for the quickest career ever. Lasted 30 seconds on a major league pitch before her career was cut short. Basically just ran onto the pitch and and was tackled. Uh, So technically... Made it to the majors. Played in the majors. Yeah. Um, Didn't get to touch a ball or a bat, but you know, it it all counts. First player to ever just use a bat to attack the other team. Uh, You know, an interesting technique that did not really work out, but I respect it. Thank you also to Aaron Price. Aaron, the price is right price. Um, Aaron pretty much goes into any shop, place where they sell services, whatever. And for some reason, does this thing where they pick up an item they want and yell loudly, the price is right. And then they sprint for the doors to steal it. (laughs) Yeah. The price is always a little five finger discount. Yeah. So it turns out the price is right when it's nothing at all. Ironically, they would almost certainly succeed in stealing all the stuff if they didn't yell. Yeah, just before. don't yell before you yeah. take the thing. Uh, Aaron, I assume you're in jail now, so I hope that they have podcasts in prison. Thank you also to Austin Dodderman. Uh, Austin Dodderman, named as so because whenever his parents uh, were pregnant, you know, uh, they didn't they didn't know the sex of the baby, so they were like, Wait, what what name do we what name do we pick? Stroke of genius. Call your baby Dodderman, and all your bases are covered. <laughs> yeah, you kind of have a little bit of everything. Austin's also known for how much he's always accosting people. So he kind of like grabs them by the lapels. Yeah, don't do that. Come on, personal space. And just kind of shakes them. He just accosts you all the time. Even if it's little things being like, how's your day going? That's assault. It's not accosting. It's accosting, yeah. No, no, no. no. What does accosting mean? (laughs) Maybe I don't know. No, I mean, that's pretty much what it is. (laughs) Okay. Like if, if I caught you clipping your toenails here in the... TPL studio, I might accost you. You might accost me. That's why I do it after hours. That's why I do it when you're back in Northern Ireland. (laughs) Thank you, Austin. Thank you to Laura Bander. Laura Bander actually was uh, chatting to me in a bar quite recently. Uh, She had a World War I marionette puppet attached to her shoulder that she was using to kind of just make chit chat and talk with the other individuals at the bar. Uh, It had its own tiny little drink. Which, of course, it couldn't really drink. It just poured it into the open mouth that kind of drooled. It was ruining the doll. And this thing looked really expensive. I don't, I don't, think, uh, I don't think Laura should have been taking it it's out to a bar. probably priceless if it's from World War I, yeah. It was making little puns as well, you know? Like, hey, you want to you wanna come home with me? No strings attached. <laughs> well, a couple. That's how I move my body. <laughs> and I was like, I'm fine, fine, actually. <laughs> I'm fine, Laura. Oh, She's like, my just, name's not Laura. I'm just here with some friends. I'm just <laughs> trying to relax, actually, Laura. My name's not Laura. I'm a little guy. And I was like, no, I know it's, I know that you're a little guy, but it is Laura who's controlling the doll. And then the doll hit me. <laughs> and then the doll hit me with his little hand. And she said, give me your wallet. And I was like, give it to Laura or give it to the little doll? And she said, it doesn't matter. And then it had a little knife. Yeah, yeah. And I kind of then tried like, to... You think you're cute. You think you're cute, huh? <laughs> and I tried to give the doll my wallet but it's little hands couldn't really like take my credit cards out and stuff and it was like don't help me I can do it I can can do this myself and then I looked over and Laura was gone (laughs) which was really weird 
Laura left. I think the doll was holding her hostage, which is so, was so That's nuts. so up. I'd been controlling a human. Bro, that's a Wild. Well, thank you, Laura. I hope you've escaped and you're safe now. And thank you, lastly but not leastly, to Rebecca Hansen. Rebecca Hansen? Where has that hand been? Because it smells like the paint of a World War II potato starch ventriloquist doll. And if we've learned anything from today's episode, it's you don't want to put your hand up these dolls. They're weird and they're scary. And Rebecca, you could do better without them. You might not come back out again. Well, I know it's an easy way to make conversation at a bar or a club, but I was recently mugged by a doll. And I don't want you to be put in that situation as well. So remove your hand from the doll and run as far away as you can. And call us. As I said, Kit and I, uh, we run a company, a business, where we actually turn up and just destroy... Well, apparently I do. I don't know what the f*** you do. It's a legitimate business on Craigslist. Okay. Where you call the number, we turn up. Sometimes I don't even open my eyes. I turn up with a blindfold and a hammer. We get it. You don't tell anybody anything. You're not a snitch. It's like, to me, this thing might as well be a fucking pinata. Because I just sh- I just get out of my car, blindfolded with a baseball bat, and start swinging. <laughs> it's your job to put it in front of me. Whatever you say the object is. What a strange service. <laughs> For $25, I will hit whatever you want with a bat. <laughs> and you didn't hit it, so you're not a criminal. I didn't know what I hit, so I'm not a criminal. We're all in the clear. You are a criminal. So thank you, Rebecca. Thank you to everyone who supports us on Patreon. We couldn't make this show without you, literally. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode, and we hope to see you back here next Tuesday for another Paranormal Story. Thank you for listening. We love you, folks. Ciao, Bella. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.